For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. You're listening to Two Chunks and a Hunk, a movie podcast where we give pumps and dumps. Chunks and a hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders, and this week I am your chunk. I'm Doge, and Chunk Baca, you're gonna need a nickname because I ain't saying that every time. And I'm Carter, and let me honk you some advice. Assume everyone will betray you, and you will never be disappointed. That was like if Woody Harrelson... It's just a country accent. Like, I don't know how to find... It was in a deer blind. I was about to say, if Woody Harrelson was doing a voiceover for a truck commercial. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's Toyota-thon. Two tons. Four tires, one bed, can't lose. It's a, it's a Toyota-thon. You can fit your whole family. That's so good. <laughs> hey, but... Hey, why, but... Why are you Woody Hunkelson today? So... Nice. I... Hunky Harrelson. This is just going to be... It'll, it's going to reek with arrogance, and I'm okay with that. Reek away, baby. And honestly, I should knock on wood because I'm going to be cursed after I say this. But I have not been to the dentist in a while. Since Chelsea and I have moved, I have not been to the dentist, which yeah. means probably more than two years. Oh, yeah, two years totally Yeah, that's for a me long too. time. Well, totally in for our, me too. In our house, <laughs> especially like good insurance, we don't really have to pay for that kind of thing. It's like, you just do it. Like go. Right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I finally go rag. I finally go to the dentist and I walk out a God. Oh, because I oh. go into the dentist and I haven't been in a while. And they're like, it, it, I swear it was something out of Seinfeld. Like this plot of like, just go to, you still need to go to the dentist. You got to go to the dentist. I'm like, okay, fine. I go. And it's, it's, I should have gone a long time ago because I yeah. walked out so filled. Like, because I, your cavities were, the hygienist comes by. Well, the guy who does the x-rays is like, oh, really? I'm like, oh God, what does that mean? He's like, I don't see anything wrong in here. It's like, I'm 31, you know? And then when the hygienist comes by and he starts to clean and he's like, yeah, we're, we don't even have to do a deep clean. We'll just clean your teeth. And as he's going through and like, you know, when they measure your gums and everything, yeah, like gums was a perfect 10. Yeah, sure. You know, all these kind of things. He's looking at fillings and stuff. He's like, I think that's a filling. He's like, you just have one? And I was like, yep. Dennis comes in and she's like, oh, your teeth are better than mine. Like, and I was just like, oh my God. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, I'm just got, <laughs> like my mouth is Seriously, wide open. This is amazing. Um, and it made the like high pitched in my brain noise of those yeah. like back teeth cleanings. Ugh. A little bit better. Ugh. Yeah. I still felt it at night. I was like, Rrr. the worst part is the hook scraper. You know what I'm oh, talking about? Yeah. The hook scraper is the worst and thing. You, and you walked into your house and you kicked open the door and you were like, maybe you need to go to the dentist. Yeah, she, uh, no, I called my wife. I called Chelsea <laughs> and I was like, hey, so 
I walked in and I, I, I was worshipped. Like I've it was an amazing experience. Yeah. And they like give me my toothpaste and they're like, I don't even know if you need that. I'm kidding. <laughs> they're like, well, we usually have these freebies, but I think you've got your own routine. Hey, People are going to start brushing their teeth with your teeth now. Yes. <laughs> the, only, <laughs> the only crown you got that day was Tooth King. That's right. Dang. This has been Two Chunks and a Hunk, a movie podcast. Two, more like Tooth Chunks and a Tooth Hunk. Tooth Chunks and a <gasps> Hunk. <sighs> wow. Yep. Yep. So yeah, I felt pretty hunky walking out of there. I'm That's sure amazing. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Oh, and what they polish your teeth with there, the little polish is strawberry cheesecake. And it actually, oh, here's the thing though. That sounds horrific. Oh, no. It was good. Really? Uh-huh, I promise. I promise. It was good. Oh, the, no. I have, I have a very, <laughs> <That's> horrible. <laughs> I have a very intense and reactive gag reflex. And so my impression of me at the dentist is like a full 45 minutes of me just being like, uh-huh. Uh, yeah. I, I think, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think if you guys... Is yeah. back there by the like yeah. just forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it yeah. is the worst experience. But we're done with it for at least six months. Another six two years. years or so. <laughs> yeah, I know. But yeah, you'll yeah. get to check in with me again six months from now. I'd I guess my to. impression of me at the dentist is like, yeah, high school's going great so far. Because I haven't been in a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My thing is like they're all still in my head, right? So gotta be doing something. You know it's almost like going to the dentist? Tell me. Let's talk about this movie. Watching Solo. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. No, it's okay. We loved it. I said the name of the movie. But it's called, we're watching the movie. It's, it's Solo. Solo a Star, Star Wars, Wars story. story. <laughs> I can't wait to listen back to both me and Doge trying to figure out when so, to join. You just go. So, 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 so. That was all planned and a great joke. We're, we, we're good at what we do and that wasn't. Can I, yeah, please. Can I ask for the synopsis? I've always wanted to do that. I guess. Ooh, I didn't feel like I could. Um, well, you know, you know what? You do it. No, because here's the thing, Carter, normally you won't, but today you will. So maybe I'll call you Carter Willis. Oh. That feels like a good way to give somebody a last name is just based on their sort of situation. Yeah. Like what they might happen to be doing at that moment. Yeah. yeah. So I'll call you Carter Willis. Okay. So Willis, you uh, ask Doge for the synopsis. kind of wondering why you would do something like that. <gasps> Doge. Doge. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can we get the synopsis for this movie? You sure can. This week's synopsis has no author. Oh. It is traveling. It is born of the force. It is traveling solo throughout the vast reaches of IMDb. And it says, with the emerging demand of hyperfuel and other resources, Han Solo finds himself in the middle of a heist alongside other criminals, where they meet the likes of Chewbacca and Lando Calrissian in an adventurous situation, exposing the criminal underworld. Okay, here's my super dump. Okay. I'm going to do it immediately. Go. Because I would love for us to look at this with the lens of my super dump. My super dump is that this is a Star Wars movie. Okay. This absolutely doesn't have to be. Because when you make it not about Solo, you take out all the cheesy pulls to make sure we know everything we need to know about Solo, and it just becomes a cool heist like space a sci-fi movie. heist movie. Yeah. Which we don't really have a ton of, I think because, yeah. because of things I liked, like I do like character design. I do like the way a lot of things look like I just, this doesn't need to be a movie about Han Solo. So that's my super dump that this is this, this is what it is, which seems like that. such a collective dump on the entire thing. But yeah, I who would don't do that? Think, who would make that their super dump? I would. Yeah. My super dump is that this movie exists. There's Some, no reason for this. 
I don't think, uh, in the words of Rick Grimes, I didn't ask for this. I'm not interested in this, to be honest, like at all. So my, this is gonna be a weird episode. My super dump (laughs) is that we don't need this. It's this kind of the same thing, but I want to clarify specifically what I mean. There is so much in this movie that tells me that they also realized we didn't need it. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it, this feels to me and I'm projecting here, Mm -hmm. but this feels to me like a movie that about halfway through, they were like, Oh, we shouldn't have done this, but we gotta, but there's so much in this movie. That's like justifying its own existence. So desperately because this is, and I think because as we go through this, this is more of an origin story for Han's stuff than Han, the person. Exactly. This is way more about how he got his cool gun, how he got his cool ship, how he got his best friend. And thank God we devoted time to him explaining that Chewie is going to be a nickname for Chewbacca because Chewbacca is longer than Chewie. You don't have to do that. What? This is the 10th Star Wars movie that's been made. Why are we spoon feeding the audience? Why are we? We've grown up. Yes. Who's seeing Solo as their first Star Wars movie? That's my question. You know what I mean? Like who's watching Solo and is like, Somebody is. somebody's got to catch me up. Yeah. But that's on them, right? That's on them. It's not yeah. the studio's yeah, responsibility exactly. to, ca- so, let's start at the beginning. So the beginning starts with text on a screen that reminds me of nothing so much as Blade Runner, which is a better young Harrison Ford movie than this one is. There's a lot of this movie that feels like it was like, let's almost kind of be Blade Runner. Yeah. Uh-huh. But, and and uh, another part of the super dump is that the reason this shouldn't be a Star Wars movie, a big, I don't know how to say this because I'm just upset. Um, but mainly because like we have, there is plenty in the library of cinema of what young Harrison Ford is like. Yeah. Yeah. So don't make a movie about young Harrison Ford. Like, no. why would you possibly have someone play somebody that I can go reference with eight great movies on AFI's top 100? Like, yeah. did y'all see who was almost young? Who was almost young Han Solo? Anthony no. Ingruber, right? I don't know who that is. Is it the guy from Age of Adeline who played young Harrison Ford in that flashback? <laughs> Maybe. Because that guy ruled. Uh, Charlie Cox from Daredevil. Oh, Was okay. almost young Han Solo. And they said... Their reason for not casting him was they didn't think he could remember to look people in the eyes because as Daredevil, he never did. So, wow. So this is, this movie was behind the scenes, a complete disaster. Yeah, totally. Top to bottom. Uh, Because we had our original directors on Phil Lord and Chris Miller of 21 Jump Street and the Lego movie fame. uh, Who I feel like actually could have done a pretty cool thing here. They were doing kind of a screwball comedy in space uh, and then screened it to the studio and the studio hated it and said that Alden's performance reminded them of nothing so much as Ace Ventura. (laughs) Which, oh boy, but does that not belong? But uh, So then they brought in Ron Howard to kind of take it apart and put it back together in a new way. It reminds me of Ron Ron Howard deserves better. It reminds me of on the back of a Lego box. There's like, and here's what else you could build with these sets, but we're not putting the instructions in there for this. And that's what they had Ron Howard do. Like, Hey, take apart the stuff they've been working on. No pun intended because they did do both. Well, they reshot, they reshot 90%. They reshot so much of this and took it apart and put it back together. That's why Paul Bettany is even in this. He was originally cast as a motion capture character who was like a fish man alien thing. But then Ron Howard said, no, we need a love triangle between him and Han and Kira. Hey, no, we don't, though. But no, we don't, though. But and so Paul Bettany was in this and he found out at the premiere that he had magic glowing scars on his face that got darker red whenever he got upset because those were all CG. Like there's so much of this. It was just like. That's so interesting. For an afterthought effect, it actually looked pretty good. I like that actually a lot. What is that, though? I don't know. What's happening? Hey, I don't know. But for the look of it, it looked pretty good. 
it reminded me, he reminded me of Kevin Bacon in X-Men First Class. Okay. That is the vibe I got from him, wow. which Kevin Bacon was great in that. I didn't care for Paul Bettany in Let's this. talk about Corellia. Yeah. So I love Amelia Clark. I think she is a fantastic actor. I think she has range. I think she can be funny. I think she can be charming. I think she can be scary. She has none of those things in this movie. Um, and also, there's no need for her to be in this. Kira should not be here. I don't get her purpose. I have a hard time wanting to buy into this relationship, knowing that she's not Leia. Knowing that she's not Leia. And so since this is going to be sort of topsy-turvy anyway, so she just... We'll get there, I guess, with the triple cross at the end. Corellia, the snake monster slave driver. Madam Proxima. That has sunlight sensitivity, but still decided to live in a place with glass windows. <laughs> Feels like maybe <laughs> yeah. an oversight. Cool creature design. And that looks like a great, great creature, creature design. So like, they did a lot of great stuff with practical effects. So when, when Han is playing Sabacc, mm-hmm. that alien that's next, next to him that has three eyes on the side of his this. head. That's a practical effect. That's, that's so an animatronic. Cool. It's unbelievable. It's There's like a, a TED Talk demo where somebody's like piloting the little rig that controls his eyes. And mm-hmm. the second that they touch the controls, this creature comes alive and looks like a living thing. And that's it's terrifying. It's unbelievable. And L3 awesome. was semi-practical as well, uh-huh. yeah. which is cool. Um, so the escape from Corellia felt like nothing if not Blade Runner. Like the city yeah. design, the car, the oh, driving okay. away. Yeah. I, I got a little bit offended that there was any comparison to Blade Runner, but I get that. <laughs> that's, that's what I mean. It just yeah. looks visually, like, visually yeah. looks and feels a lot like it's Blade It's all Runner. browns and... It feels less like Star Wars and more like f- quote-unquote futuristic LA. Yeah. You know? Um, and then we get our two uh, star-crossed lovers separated. Um, I liked the Rebels, Star Wars Rebels inspired like Nazi propaganda, come join the forces. I did not love that the music in that is the Imperial March in a major key. Too meta. That exists in the universe? That's interesting. Too meta and weird. Um, But I want to, can we jump to the three year uh, time jump real quick? Yeah. The war? Well, no, we need to get his name. I mean, that's oh pretty important, gosh. isn't it? That was almost my super dumb. It was almost mine as well. I, I already buy that a character exists that's called Han Solo. You don't need to tell me Solo's a stupid last name and Lando, then give me a reason. Greedo. I don't yeah. need justification. Solo. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I don't either. I, don't, I think that's what this movie does so much. It, it justifies things that didn't need justifying. That's good. To, to me, the most egregious example is the last name and Chewie's nickname. Yeah. Like, <laughs> We don't need origin stories for that. I don't have time to say Jonathan. What if I called you like, why did you explain to me basically what it means to make a nickname? Exactly. No one's going to be like, wait, he just calls him Chewie out of nowhere. Why would he shorten his his name like that? Um, (laughs) Because he chews stuff. I think what Solo is showing me is if we are going to do something, I don't know. It's, it's tough because the Skywalker saga, like there are prequels that exist, right? Episodes one, two, three sure. are yeah, prequels yeah. in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Those didn't need to be faceless. We have to have faces there, like mm. recognizable characters. I think we're doing a better job of these Star Wars stories if we keep away from people we know. Yes. Like, I think so that's too. That's why I feel well, like whole, Rogue One did better. I think the whole point of these Star Wars stories, which they, because Solo so deeply underperformed at the box office, they canceled all the Star Wars stories. That's okay. The ideas that they've had for those are now moving to Disney Plus as limited series. Well, I think there was th- going to be a Boba Fett Star Wars which story. I think and is, now it's Mandalorian. Which is Love it. better anyway that they're on TV now. But the original idea for these was that we can tell stories that are not about characters that we know. And so we did Rogue One and everybody was like, great, we didn't know any of those characters. And then they're like, now we're doing Solo. Have you heard of this guy? 
<laughs> yeah, we we got it. Why Thanks, are we guys. doing that? Yeah, and that's a tough thing too because now as we start to, we've heard all the rumors about they're going to make another trilogy outside of the Skywalker saga in the same universe. Does it just feel like now it's just a? There's just going to be like the tiniest bit of reference to the stories before. Like I'm, I'm okay with it as much as I'm okay so, with people just making more movies. A lot of the best stuff in the Star Wars universe has been stuff that just sort of acknowledges that there's other things going on in the galaxy, sure. but focuses it on its own story. So do you think these m- stories, and again, I'm only asking because I haven't read, I'm sure the answers are out there, but do you think the, the trilogies or whatever that are outside of the Scar- Skywalker saga are still going to be stuff that's technical Star Wars canon? Like we go, yeah. we go things like the old Republic and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So that, I mean, that's tricky though, because I'm not interested in that because Star Wars is not the story of a universe. Star Wars is the story of the Skywalkers. It is and it isn't. I think, I think is why I've had, I mean, this is probably a little bit of a meta discussion rather than directly related to Solo, but Star Wars is the story of, of the Skywalkers. And so these Star Wars stories should be people who are not related to them. And that's why I have a really hard time getting super invested in the sequel trilogy yeah. because so far it's not really about the Skywalkers that the other six movies are about. Yeah. Right. The Kenobis, you mean? Because sure. we're going to find out. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, yeah. I, I look at something like, so if we're going to get this meta, let's get this meta. You played Doge, I know. Carter, did you ever play Jedi Outcast? No. Story about yeah. uh, an EU character that I don't think exists anymore within the canon. His name's no. Kyle Katarn. Yeah, Kyle Katarn does Very not exist. interesting character. Super cool storyline. Something like that, I think, would be thrilling. What to platform watch. was that on? A lot. Uh, PC, yeah. GameCube, Xbox, PlayStation. You can get it on PS4 now. It's, it's you not get it on the Switch. It's I have it on the Switch. Yeah, okay. Jedi Outcast. Yeah. Interesting. But Kyle Katarn was essentially a guy who trained as a Jedi, rejected the Jedi teaching, turned in his lightsaber, and decided to never touch the Force again because of things that happened to him. Hmm. Went and became a bounty hunter, basically. Not really, but like a smuggler like Han, and then gets pulled back in by Luke, who says, "Interesting, like, I need you to pick up the lightsaber again. We, we got to fight somebody. And cool. it's so interesting. Yeah. Um, and even so, things like Knights of the Old Republic, like that is a story thousands of years before the events of the Star Wars saga, the, mm-hmm. the Skywalker saga, I mm-hmm. guess, but it still manages to be interesting. And I think it's because it's so far removed from the, the stories that we've seen. And I think I that is to bring it back to solo. That's the chief sin of this movie is that it is, so close to something we've already seen before. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I do. I really do want to talk about the three-year time jump. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm not being sarcastic or like over exclamatory like I sometimes am. I'm asking a real question. Who are they fighting? Because uh, at the end of, of this movie. Some kind of rebellion. They No, because at the end of this movie, they say we're starting a rebellion. So, so politically at this time, the rebellion is not unified. Right. The rebellion is several different pockets of insurgents like Saw Gerrera and his people. And the rebellion becomes unified about right around the time of Rogue One, if not a little bit before. So this is the Empire is I, I really thought this was about to be Kashyyyk and we're capturing and enslaving Wookiees. Yeah. Um, but so by the way, this was my first time to see this movie. I think that's probably important. Mine this was too. yours too, Carter. Had you Second, seen this before? Yeah, okay. So watching this, I really thought this was going to be Kashyyyk and we're capturing Wookiees and enslaving them and sending them to work the spice mines of Kessel, mm-hmm. but we're on this fog planet. Uh, and so they're probably either fog planet. I think they're, I think we're supposed to infer that they are like taking over this planet. 
And like, it's, this is the planetary defense that they're fighting. It's like against. a full scale ground war, but one. not the re- rebellion. Like it's so strange, which, to which me. I'm fine with because that shows the need for a rebellion. If they, if they attack a planet, overwhelm the planetary defenses, and then the rebellion has to liberate that planet. Wouldn't I'm it be more effective though, if it just showed the Imperial or the empire just sweeping everybody. Right. I mean, like we need the, re- we need the rebellion because nobody stands a chance. There's not this full scale yeah. boots on the ground, almost soldiers like in a, trenches, world war two style, almost war. like a first order beginning of, right. Uh, Here we come. Yeah. The, yeah. You can't stop us. Force yeah. Awakens but this looks thing. like people are fighting back on a pretty grand scale. Yeah. yeah. I think maybe what would have saved this sequence for me then is if we just see flying overhead and an X-Wing chasing a TIE fighter like or a, a TIE single fighter X-wing. chasing. Yeah, like exactly. Like some hint that, oh, this is the rebellion. Yeah. But yeah, and we're not, we're not interested in making those kinds of connections in this movie. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Speaking of connections we are interested in, in making in this movie, uh, when Han's captured and thrown in that pit, I said out loud, if this is Chewbacca, I'm jumping out the window. <laughs> <laughs> Why did that bother you? Why? Th- throw him to the beast. Chewbacca is the beast. Wookiees are an intelligent species, and we know this. Sure. Yeah. I imagine the sold, like their ignorance to. So, part of the thing with the Empire in Legends that I don't know how it stands in canon now. It used to be canon before Disney bought Star Wars and wiped all that stuff. Is that the Empire is pro-human, anti-everything else? Yeah. Because they're space Nazis, basically, right? right? Yeah. So, so they they're would an Aryan race. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. They would have regarded. Uh, at least the Legends Empire would have regarded Chewbacca as subhuman and not an intelligent creature. Yeah, I don't know why it bothered me so much, but it really, really did. Uh, muddy Chewbacca with his first ticking to him is deeply unsettling to me. I did it not just like looks it. looks like a big, tall human. It's gross. He picks up Chewie. They escape with uh, what did you Woody think Harrelson. About, what did you think about him speaking Shirawook? What's the point? We never hear him do that. Like, he never comes back. In the originals, he just understands it. Well, I and think Chewie so, understands him. So I think he's doing that here. To be covert. Yeah, so the Empire doesn't hear him. But I liked the plan, actually. Yeah. The fake fight. Yeah. I actually did like that. Yep. I, That's see, about all I can say positive about that point. So, so we, what we know about Han before this movie, he rescues Chewie. Chewie owes him a life debt. So that's what we're doing in this scene mm-hmm. right here. That's at odds a little bit. I don't know, because I, I really did not like how this movie made Han into Robin Hood. Yeah, I didn't either. Right? Stealing from the stealing from the bad guys, giving to the good guys, because that is super not him. It's not yeah. a starting point. That's why it's such a big deal when he comes back in the Falcon and shoots Vader out of the way. So Luke, because because that's the first time he's done something for somebody other than himself. Right, right. This Until is, we watch Solo and it's not the first time and that's totally in character for him. And he's always a Robin Hood character. They've yeah, taken the like one that. character in the original trilogy with a little bit of edge and sanded it down to where he's now a heroic archetype that we're familiar with. Yeah. I think we're supposed to assume that he grows that hard edge while he's working for Jabba over the next like 10 years. But I just don't buy that. I don't buy yeah. that. He goes from good to bad, back to good again. It's yeah. easier for me to believe that he's been looking out for himself for all this time. And yeah. then in Luke and Leia and the rebellion, he sees there's something bigger. Yeah. Doesn't solo feel like more of a like Poe story than a Han story. Interesting. Because I mean, we as see Poe po from the yeah. beginning is fighting for the rebellion. It's yeah, interesting. so it's like, like I don't know. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Um, do you guys like uh, the Snowpiercer portion of this movie? My super pump is here. Yeah, the train is it. My super pump is Rio, John Favreau's character. Really? Oh yeah, the four armed alien pilot. 
the only character I liked in this movie. Oh. And he was the first one to die. And yeah. I was like, surely they're not going to kill him right now. Like he was on all the posters. <laughs> no, just gone. He's, He's cool. dead. He's dead. He's gone. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. I, th- I thought we get to see. So I was being sarcastic. This did make me want to watch Snowpiercer. This scene went on to me for what felt like an eternity. Like it felt like we were at the train for so long. By the way, Snowpiercer, since we brought it up, really underrated uh, Chris Evans, oh, Tilda so Swinton good. movie. Yeah, it's, I think it's real on good. Netflix. Yeah. It's an, I think definitely so. worth awesome. a check. Yeah, go check that out if movie. you haven't seen it. It's really cool. Um, it involves a train in the snow. Yeah, that's right. Don't, yeah. don't eat jello while you're watching it. Yeah, don't eat anything squishy oh, while you're watching you it. Yeah, definitely don't do that. But, um, or protein bars. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of cool technology on display here that I, like Callie and I both just kept going, cool. Cool. Yeah. The double decker train, like under over the way it tilted. The magnet the, boots. Are the super magnet cool. boots were yeah. awesome. I loved that. Yep. Um, but this scene, so this movie feels really bloated with content. There's mm-hmm. a ton of stuff that happens. We have a lot of set pieces, and a lot of them go on for longer than I felt like they could with how many there are. This train, so I yeah, I ended up finishing the movie, realizing I didn't check to see if there was post credits and fast forwarding all the way from the beginning again. And laughing out loud because I was like, we really are at the train for a very long time. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like almost 15 minutes of just train heist basically. Yeah. Well, and I can understand that if these are characters that we're going to see ever again mm-hmm. or that matter to us. Sure. But the whole crew besides Woody Harrelson dies. Yeah. Right here. Yeah. Which is a huge bummer because I like, we wasted John Favreau. We wasted Danny Newton, Newton, who is yeah. incredible. Yeah. yeah. It's like if, 40 minutes into Guardians, it's only, no. it's just Chris Pratt left. Yeah. Only Star-Lord <laughs> and Gamora. Peter Quill, yeah. yeah. No, it's true. That's a good point. Um, Woody Harrelson, I think is, I think he's given it his Woody Harrelson here. Sure. He's not given it his best. He, he flies under the radar enough in this movie to not offend me deeply, Woody but Harrelson, I think he's wasted. He's, he's not him. doing anything. He's not doing anything that only he can do. Right. Right. Like I feel like the casting note for that must have been, 50 something wisecracker who can spin a gun and they're just going down their list. Like who can we get? Apparently uh, it was almost Christian Bale, which would have been worse than Woody Harrelson. Yeah. yeah. It's just super strange to yeah. me. Um, I'm, I struggle a little bit here to remember what's going on other than we meet Paul Bettany's character. So I want to talk about him. Dryden Voss. You really like him. I do like him. Okay. Tell me why. Um, I don't know. I, I like him because it does set up, I because I don't mind the like, tw- I don't know if it's a twist or like the strange reveal. It's like they were trying to do Rogue One things and bring back old characters, but like I don't mind seeing that he works for Darth Maul, even though I don't understand why Darth Maul would be over this kind of thing. Like, why did he yeah. go from Sith Lord to gangster boss or something? That's weird. Yeah. But I don't know. I just liked, um, I liked how on edge he was, and I did like the special effect unbeknownst to him of the stuff with his face of like kind of having this tangible representation of emotion sure. on his it's face. Just, it's like an I just anger liked, meter. So he, I'm saying I cool. like, I liked his design. Yeah. I liked yeah. his blades. I like that. Like, I like that kind of stuff. He He's not cool. my super bump. Like Paul Bettany is great in everything. Yeah. He looked cool. Yeah. I don't think that he was, I don't think he belongs here. No. Uh, early summer of, 2018 was a bad time to be Paul Bettany in a Disney movie, though, because Vision dies and Dryden Voss dies. Yeah, they both tough. get stabbed. Yeah, bad time tough. for both boys. That's funny. Yeah, they don't. I didn't even think about that. That's a good point. They don't. But yeah, it, also Amelia Clark's character in here. This was a Spark Notes version of what happens to 
Khaleesi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Basically, yeah. like she right at the end turns and it doesn't Good make point. sense. Um, I like his ship a lot. I love that it turns into a skyscraper. That big of. yacht. It yeah. is super cool. I think that's, that's super cool. fun. And he's like the penthouse up there. I yeah. like that very much. That's very, that's very like crime mafia yeah. boss. I his, like that I love his like random collections in I the room. I actually love, in this movie, we get Rodians and Twi'leks, which is yeah. a huge deal apparently in Disney Star Wars because we don't see them in any of the other movies. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. We've seen, I think we've seen some in in Mandalorian. Yeah. But like this is the first, yeah. this is the first Disney Star Wars that is not completely intent on creating its own aliens and saying, no, yeah. see, these are star Wars too. This movie doesn't have a daunting enough boss like that. I boss. agree with. No, 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 no. He's such a weak villain, but that's, I'm not saying that's unfair because Rogue One just got to say, well, Vader right. or, or, but, or yeah. Or Ben Mendelsohn or the empire. But or they had Maul. Yeah. Yeah. He's right there. Your, your big scary guy is right there. Yeah. And if and we had shown, if we had shown Dryden Voss talking to a hooded figure, Easy. And get like hints that like, oh my gosh, is that mall? Yeah. Show the metal feet. Exactly. You know? Yeah. But just give me something other than this last minute reveal at the very end. That's going to be pointless. very confusing to everybody who's not seen Clone Which Wars. I didn't, like why on earth would Darth Maul, like I already know it's Darth Maul. There's probably, I'm not going to say there's a not more recognizable character in the Star Wars universe, but he's top, he's up there. He's yeah, exactly. Near the top of the list. We don't have to see his lightsaber. Why on earth would he? Hologram Dude. show his lo- both. <laughs> yeah. Remember, what I hey, said. also, I'm pretty intimidating because remember, it's two sided. Two, two sides. sides, and then don't worry, not John Williams is going to play a real quick version of one line of Duel of the Fates. Did you catch that in the score? The little no. like, as soon as he came on, it went and then went back to whatever music it was doing. Yeah. I was like, oh man, really? That's not uh, how you do a motif, friends. Um, I want to talk about the card game and who we Sabak. meet. There. I own that game. You, you guys really? ever played it? No. no. It's fun. It's, it looks like basically poker. I mean, yeah, it's Star Wars poker. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Your so, nemesis, Dillman, got me that. Really? When we were in Disney. Your nemesis. I guess I'll have to beat him at Sabacc. Oh! By, by proxy here, I want to talk a little bit about Alden, Aaron, Rick, Aaron Rich, however you say his name. Sure. Most of this time in this movie, he does nothing for me. Most of the time in this movie, I don't think he's charming. I don't think he's fun. And I do not think he's delivering a Harrison Ford impression. It's Harrison Ford. We went through AFI's top 100 movie characters of all time, and Harrison Ford has two of the top five. And you're going to have this guy impress. You don't make a movie and have anybody ever play a younger Harrison Ford. Like like even, but an impression would have been a disaster. Like if there's somebody just doing a Harrison Ford impression, that would have been a disaster. I think the solution is you don't make this movie. Because the best Harrison. That can't be the hill we die on. Because the best movie version of Harrison Ford still exists. Right. Yeah. Because he's getting better with age. It's like I've been watching this wine and it gradually becomes worth more and more. And then you make a movie with grapes. And I'm like, why on earth? <laughs> it's not even race has not, I get yeah. it. This is supposed to be him. Yeah. But this is not even an experience. You've made a no. different kind of. It's a different thing. Yeah. But I did. I forgot he was Han Solo for a lot of the time. I was just like, I know, this is this that's cool why I said friends it doesn't with need Chewie. to be a Star Wars on, movie. Yeah. On, when he's playing Sabacc, I, I buy in. <laughs> I get that. I, it wasn't even intentional. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden, he sits down at the table. He holds cards in his hands. He's charming. He's funny. He's a little intimidating. He's like, there are little moments where, dude, like, oh my gosh, that's that's Han. I know. Yeah, yeah. it's never Harrison, but sometimes right. it's Han. Yeah, and it for me, it's it's anytime he's playing Sabak, and yeah. a couple times when he's in the pilot seat, it works yeah. for me. But here, when he's playing with Lando and he's playing this game, I actually really like this scene a lot. 
I do too. I think it's fun. And then we get Donald Glover as Lando. I really liked the casting. So here's what's funny. Donald Glover is definitely doing a Lando impersonation. He's definitely doing a Billy D. And he does yeah. it okay. Yeah, he yeah, does okay. Just all right. But uh, another thing that's up there with the Darth Maul showing his lightsaber or saying, I'm going to call you Chewie, is like uh, Billy D, I don't know if it was on accident or not, does call him Han in the movies. Why on earth did we make that a thing? I right? love that. I don't know. Like nobody's asking yes. why he calls him Han. I don't like that. I so love we, it. now we need to I scenes. think that's hilarious. You that got he's to, belittling him by mispronouncing his name. I think you that's basically great. hit restart on the like game console. Or you got to you got a yeah. do over. I don't know if I like so that. So now I, but, I like it a lot. But now we needed a scene in Rogue One then, following that logic of Tarkin going, No, her name is Princess Leah. Because right. he calls her Leah in the movie, and that bothers no one. Yeah. Right. But we I, devote time to it here in this and movie. Falcon I, I agree. instead of Falcon. I, yeah. I think I I laughed. I actually really liked that he was like belittling him by like, oh, what's your name? Han. Yeah. Oh, like, I think that's funny. I think that's the example of a kind of weird callback that works for me because it's so minuscule. I mean, in the list of callbacks, this one probably works more, but I think that's sort of where I'm at. I, yeah. I, I actually appreciated it. Um, funny. And I, I trust me, I'm no solo apologist. Sure. But I actually appreciated it. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, my, uh, my super dump are, was almost the story they chose to tell of Lando. Like you had the one person that we get like a, like the, yeah. so what the fault of this movie is it's right. about solo. Right. But, and, and a lot of the things that we're saying that we don't like about it is we don't need to, like, we don't need that about him. Yeah. But you had so much room to give me more about Lando. Yeah. And a you, whoever led Lando, a star Wars movie would have been, I think in the way they chose good. To give us more about him in terms yeah. of like his relationship with a robot and like things like that. Yeah, he played Wii Sports with a robot. Yeah. Yeah. Like yep. confirmed. Uh-huh. Why? <laughs> Why? Yeah. No, th- that is like something about Glover's performance does not work for me here. Like I, I love, and it's probably because I love Donald Glover, but his Billy D. Williams impression is just okay. Yeah. And I, I never, I never once bought that he is young Lando. Having him in a trailer knowing he was going to be Lando Calrissian before we knew anything about this movie, probably made $10 million yes, for yep. this movie. I agree uh-huh. with that. Because uh, yeah. this is also, he's he's getting closer to the EGOT. Like he's getting all yeah. of these awards uh-huh. during the time that this is being made. And on top of that, like man of the year kind of stuff. He was a huge get for, oh, yeah. for he, Lando. Well, huge. I would call it, I would give him a four out of 10 Billy D impression, a six out of 10 Lando impression, and a 10 out of 10 Donald Glover exists. The capes thing, ridiculous. I don't need to know. I don't need a cape closet. Cape fetish. Like that's so strange. Um, Again, this is an example of something that I laughed at and like in a, in a place that's not star Wars. It's funny to me. Yeah. I think what offended me the most about it is they could have done anything with like new organic content for him to tell us how he is. And they chose the easiest thing. Well, what was he wearing? And what's the first thing he says? He says hand. That's funny. And he wears capes. No one else. He wears wears specifically the cape that Amelia Clark tries on. That is the cape that he wears when we first meet him. So of course we have to have that exact cape that she's trying on in front. Yeah. And no too, like, yes, we're poo pooing all over this movie. And there's a scenario in my mind. That's like, well, maybe this was for people who Hans their favorite character. Maybe they liked it. Well, no, spoiler no alert, Han is like, if not my favorite, one of my favorite characters in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. And it offended me. Yes. There's, there's more to get to, but before we do that, why don't, we, why don't we rest our weary souls by this warm fire and step over on into shout announcements. It's 
Shout announcements. It's the part of the show. <laughs> that one. The one. The one you're thinking of? That's it. The part. The part. Hey. Can't wait for the part. I'm going to give a shout out to Tyler Station because mm. it's where we are mm. right now. Yes, mm. sir. And it's hot in this studio. Very. Our fan broke. So we sweaty. <laughs> and I want to give a shout out to Crumb and Kettle for fueling not only my brain, but also my bladder. Drip refills are free. Yeah. Shame on me. Yeah. One final shout out, of course, goes to Podbean because we pay them money. We put stuff on them. Mostly our podcast. That's Podbean. It's not Podbean. Uh, well, well, the website. <laughs> Uh, I want to give a shout out to Story Shaped Life, which uh, I've listened to episode one on anger. They're on emotions this season. Um, I think it's nine episodes. They'll probably have a wrap up episode after two. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really good. I, th- I think I like it. I know I like it a lot um, and it's really helpful. La- the season one they had was of the Enneagram. Um, and that's also good if you want to go give that a listen. And then also Two Chunks, we have a little partnership with them on that. We do sure. their intros yeah. every time uh, doing some movie clips. Um, as they relate to the emotion they're talking about. And so for episode one, it was Jack Nicholson from A Few Good Men. Yeah. You Can't Handle the Truth for Anger. And so, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been a lot of fun it's to do really research great. for them. An exciting time for Two Chunks is always planning for the future. Yes. And so just today, uh, we were talking about what some good ideas. We brought those to the table. We've got one, my friends. And uh, the beginning of next year, 2020, we're going to be doing a reflection on the last decade. You're probably seeing a lot of stuff online. The 10 years of all this and all that. And these are the best. Well, we're going to do uh, of separate genres, the best types of movie that we've seen over the last yeah. decade. Have you guys help us pick these? Uh, it's going to be the teens choice awards. <laughs> yes. Teens. Not affiliated. Nope. Teens With what? choice awards. Like the teens. I don't know. Like the years of the teens. So the teens choice awards, be ready for that. Uh, put it on your calendar for January of next year. You're going to get a chance to vote. For some movies. Yeah. Some We're of them. excited for that. Some of them. <laughs> <laughs> I want to let you know about next year and what will be happening in that year is that we're going to be launching a Patreon. Um, mm-hmm. We could go into a lot of details here, but statistically, most of you are driving and won't remember them. So head on over <laughs> to our Instagram or our Twitter for full details about what that'll be. We're going to be posting some updates uh, as stuff gets solidified. And so if you want to be the first to know about stuff like that, make sure you give us a follow on Instagram or on Twitter. I know not all of you are driving. Uh, we didn't mean to exclude those of you that are definitely doing the dishes. So <laughs> or maybe two options. Maybe you're folding laundry. Folding laundry could be. Regardless, both of your hands are likely busy. And they will remain that way when you go on to Instagram. <laughs> Back to the show. <laughs> To the show. We are. We, do. we are. Two chunks and a hunk. The one? Movie podcast. Give pumps and dumps. So <laughs> they jump on the Millennium Falcon after freeing it from its parking boot. Yeah. And they go to Kessel through the Maelstrom. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you guys feel about the Maelstrom. It is so dope. Yeah, it's real cool. I mean, my super pump is anytime we're in the air. Anytime my, we yeah. are in space. And I see the Millennium Falcon doing whatever it's doing in space yep. is my favorite moments of this yeah. movie. My super pump is when we get the reveal that there's an Imperial Star oh, Destroyer in gosh. the Maelstrom. Yeah. I know y'all didn't see that in theaters. That on a big screen is terrifying. Dude, it was frightening. It gave me my scary underwater feeling. So, yeah. so why is the Empire there? 
right? Why are they, uh, Do they own those Kessel Spice Mines? I assume they probably have some stake in Kessel. I mean, I guess they do if the Wookiees are sent to work there because they're enslaved by the Empire and right. they're managed by like a an underboss, maybe. That was my assumption. In yeah. the e- I read this. I didn't know this. In the EU, there used to be, which what's now Legends, right? Uh-huh. Uh, there used to be a story about some sort of Imperial blockade inside of like a black hole maelstrom type uh-huh. thing where there were star destroyers at the mouths of like what is, amounts to a space tunnel basically. Mm. And I think yeah. that's really cool. That's super cool. Um, and we get this weird, so like intimidating love crafty and alien beast. Yo, what is it with Disney star Wars and big tentacle monsters? I don't know. <laughs> that's got a lot all of them. them because we have the wrath tars. We have the, the, the Baba Duke. Yeah. Uh, and then we have this, <laughs> this thing. Hey, I, that was your, that was a Forrest Whitaker person. Yeah. This one worked for me. Uh, it was very scary to me, actually. I, I if there's going to be a big floating I mean, tentacle it was, monster, it it's going to be in a space kraken nebula. It did right? not feel like star, like a star Wars monster. I agree to me. with that. It's not like guardians. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, like all these other tentacle, like monsters all these other tentacle cool. monsters. Yeah. I agree with that. That was epic though. Him getting like in his like flesh coming off because of this black hole. And that was kind of cool. The yeah. yeah. No, I thought that was great. And, and this is another example of when Han's in the pilot seat flying away, feels like Han to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. When I can see it. I don't think it stood out to me, but I can see it. That, for me, it was just a moment where I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. there he is. Yeah. I see that. Um, Kessel was not great to me. They're like infiltrating the spice. Yeah. It's stuff. too dark. Yeah. It's, it's tough for, it's tough to, not, not like. It was too easy. Not like story-wise. Like it's tough to follow. Uh, the Wookiee, the other Wookiee. So scary looking. I look hated like it. it. It doesn't look like a Wookiee. It, it looks, looks like, like a Bigfoot. It looks created. like Chaka from the Land Before. It the looks Land like a Lost. Mummy. It looks like a mummified Wookiee. Yeah. It's like, cause he has, it looks like he has no hair on his face. It looks like an ape. It's like the it only Wookiee like we ever get that looks like that. Right? I think it was yeah, supposed to be. Like it's supposed to be emaciated, losing and his like hair, losing his and hair, and much of stuff. But like, we know what Wookies look like because we've seen all of them fighting on Kashyyyk, right? In Episode Three, it doesn't look like a Wookie. And they did this weird thing where it was like, in about three minutes, it was like, Chewie's got to go do some business. I hope I see you around again. And then, like, literally, a hundred and eighty seconds later, Chewie's like, "Hey, I'm back." By the well, way, well, that kind of stuff doesn't work because that, like, we know Chewie's yeah. coming back, and like when they're on the train and Chewie's about to get hit by the cliff, we know he doesn't. We know he doesn't. Yeah. So mm-hmm. why do I care that that's about to happen to him? Right. right. That's a pretty common thing in movies where it's like, we know you're not going to do this, but you try and thrill us with it. So that is that's one of the things I didn't care for about Captain Marvel was right. all the times Nick Fury or Coulson were in danger. I didn't buy that they were actually in danger. Right. That's something I'm really worried about for Black Widow. Because like the stakes have to be so different when you do a prequel. You can't do stuff like that. You have to think of new ways. You can include your characters that we know are safe in the high stakes moments, but there's got to be somebody else that we're afraid. The stakes have to be emotional. Right. Like if that was Kira there that was about to get hit by the cliff, that that makes me feel like Han's emotions are in danger. But we can't put our characters in physical danger when we know they're going to survive because it's just, it's not that interesting in a movie that already has a hard time convincing me that it matters. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's, I think that's good. The exception, and we can cut this out because I talk about it every week. The exception is Fast and Furious. I know none of these people really die. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's still like, whoa. I know Han's not dead. Well, yeah. It's a stunt Han movie. might be dead, but I know he's not dead. Yeah. Gal Gadot is not dead, but she, she uh, might. Yeah. She's probably not dead. Right. Yeah. No, that's a good point. So L3 dying uh, did nothing for me. L3 as a character did nothing for me. I thought she was funny. I the, Made me laugh for sure. I liked her. The droid, the droid liberation subplot 
is weird to me. Yeah. Uh, like it's you like have free will. It, you're it not lived a thing. and died right there. Yeah, right. yeah. It, it you're not a thing. You're a person. Like that's it's just like you don't get to do that until it was like maybe you could have done that in episode seven or eight. Yeah, that would have been an interesting thing to show that something has happened in the galaxy. Like, Some kind of theme there. Yeah. Exactly. Out of the Empire's rule, droids are now regarded as people. Citizens That's interesting. And, yeah. This is not interesting to I me agree. because, like, this is not ever an idea that we engage with in Star Wars. We right. actually get the antithesis of this idea from Obi-Wan, one of our central heroes, in episode two when he's at Dexter's Diner and he says, if droids could think, we wouldn't be here, would we? If droids can't think, then... Right, right. Yeah, that's like, what you've told us. It, yeah, so which it's, I believe less than yeah, the possible I mean, rebellion. That's right. true, but it's it's just like yeah. that just did not land for me at yeah. all. I laughed. I definitely. I get what I one hundred percent get what you're saying, but it made me laugh. So can we get to the the planet? What's the name of the planet they go to to refine the coaxium? Uh, Fury or Road. Fury, Fury Road. Yeah, desert. Mad so Max. let's go to the desert. Yeah. Um, they land on this place. They refine the coaxium, and then. Uh, Elfnin, Elfless, the her name, the entire like Red Dawn storyline, the Crimson Dawn, Crimson Dawn, yeah, yeah, not. So, I, what's the name of the people that show up that are basically from the game Destiny? It sounds like they keep saying Infant's Nest. I don't it's know if that's Infus something. Um, Infus is her name. That's correct. Her reveal was set up like we were supposed to be like, <gasps> it's her. I thought it was going to be Val, and then they. I thought it was going to be Dandy Newton. Oh, that interesting. Cool. That would have been cool. So they, they take off the helmet and it's just like, <gasps> wait, who is this? Well, I think it's supposed <laughs> to be, we're surprised at how young they are. Like it's basically, she's a kid. Yeah, maybe. I think for sure. That's what it's supposed to okay, be. Okay, fair enough. Like we're supposed to be surprised yeah, it's an that, adolescent. That did not work for yeah, me. Yeah, that didn't work In the sure. slightest. Yeah. And there, there was a part of me that was like, am I supposed to be shocked that it's a girl? Like, like what, it what's felt, the shock here? Have y'all watched the original like Mad Max movies? Yeah. Oh, it, it was super it felt Mad Max. So much yeah. like it Beyond did. Thunderdome. Yes. It did. Yeah. So uh, it's all kids. Yeah. Like he basically stumbles upon Mad Max versions of Neverland. Yeah. 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 It's Lord of the Flies. Yeah. Yeah. So the 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 yacht shows back up. I want to talk about their plan here. Okay. The double cross worked for me, but the triple the triple cross, cross, the triple cross did not no. work for me. Yeah. So yeah, the the fact that he brought the actual coaxium and that the other one was empty was cool. Han is too capable. Like if this was supposed to be a younger Han and it, like you would imagine with a prequel, this is the learning. Like look at what he's learning. Yeah, yeah, he needs to fail sometimes. But it feels like he has all the right cards from the beginning. No, don't you remember his car got stuck when he tried to flip it sideways? So he's not very good at things. He is learning. He's well, they, they had a chance at the very beginning to have that narrative and then yeah. they blew it out of the water. Uh-huh. Exactly. But uh the yeah the the beginning of the double cross I was like that's a pretty good plan actually, and then it just sort of wasn't because then Woody Harrelson comes back in and is like I was bad the whole whole time got sorry. you sorry weren't you paying attention earlier sorry Han you weren't paying attention when I was talking to you earlier and then it's like oh this is fake actually I'm back I, I don't like you anymore Dryden I'll see you later and then he leaves with Chewy which again it's Chewy so we know it's fine. And then I want to specifically zero in on one moment. And it's when Han is about to shoot and kill Dryden. And then Kira comes in and stops it. And is like, sorry. And then she kills Dryden. 
Why didn't she just let on kill Dryden? Did I miss that? Did he actually have a gun to shoot him at that yeah. point? She, st- she hits his gun with her sword away from the shot so he can't kill him. As though we're supposed to be like, oh, he almost oh, had him. Dryden's side now. But she's Does on she his do side. that because she wants it to be some kind of rite of passage to inherit his role? Like, is there something we don't know about the Crimson Dawn? That's if like, we don't know it, we still don't know you it. You only get, yeah, I know. Yeah, like, if, we don't, if there's something we don't know, we should know it for that to right, make sense. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, because the, the way it interprets is this I'm going to kill Dryden. No, I love Dryden still, not you. Never mind. I killed Dryden. And it's like, I get it if part of your plan was to get close to Dryden because Han had no chance. But Hum was literally about to kill him. See, yeah. and I think that might be a problem with Amelia Clark's performance in this, because I I actually disagree with some of the praise you gave her at the beginning of this yeah, episode. I, yeah, I do too. No, I, I said none of it's present here. No, I'm saying oh, like as an actor, in general, as an actress, I don't, I've I never thought of her of having range. No, oh, I think, I think she good. can do one thing. I think she can do. Where are my dragons? And that's kind of it. I don't. I guess maybe that's true. In this, I don't. I don't see any layers of subtlety or nuance that makes me believe that she is playing Han this whole time to try and get to be head of Crimson Dawn or Crimson Tide. What's it called? I don't know. Crimson Dawn. Iron Throne. Yeah, exactly. Right. But like she just seems too, too kind, like too nice. You know what I mean? Like we've never seen any of this ambition in her. Right. Like tell us the stuff she's done. Like exactly. Reference all the time. You have no idea what she's done. (laughs) And we still don't, but the writers don't either. Is the the thing. That's right. Kill the younglings. So what'd she do? I think you're exactly right. I don't think the writers, the writers have no idea what she's done. So there's no way to create a compelling narrative for her. And also, by by the way, at the end when she just flies off. So are we just supposed to believe her character is alive? She's just hanging out. Show up. Probably. She's gonna, be, she's gonna be in Mandalorian. She's coming back in Dose, a Star Wars story. <laughs> Solo and duo. Come on. It's yeah. right there. Yeah. Um I like that Han shoots and kills Woody Harrelson's character. I don't. I really thought that I really thought that Woody Harrelson was gonna be like, Han, I always knew you would shoot first. And yeah. that would be like super meta. And I would have hated that. Yeah. And then it was just I, like Exactly. So there's something interesting here. So we the reason you brought up because you brought up Captain Marvel and it made me think of this. I think both of y'all really liked in Captain Marvel when Captain Marvel before uh what is his name? Jude Law. Jude Law. I was gonna yeah. be like with the gorgeous guy. Um <laughs> before Jude like Jude Law's in the middle of having some kind of speech about like blah blah, yeah. blah and then just gets shot and killed uh-huh. in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think y'all liked it a lot. I did like that. At that point, this was old to me because this happens. Uh, I hear you. And I was not on board. And I think this is why, because I've seen that so much. And yeah. we talked about Indiana Jones recently. I'm like, that's, yep. that doesn't work anymore. Right. And it made me even matter in this situation because it's like, I am going to directly associate, even though the actor tried to make me not <laughs> Han Solo as Harrison Ford and Harrison Ford in his prime, like his, one of his legendary things he's ever done. He did this. Yeah. Is shoot somebody. When you don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. Don't do that again. Yeah. And I don't, I think they missed it. I really do. I think they never put those two things together hmm. and we're like, Oh, that's such a Harrison Ford thing to do. We should yeah. do that. So it was old to me. Maybe like, Alden th- also had dysentery and couldn't do the sword fight. <laughs> yeah. I just don't know how you're going to, after I've seen that so many times, it's starting to lose its, its charm. Yeah. yeah. I think it worked for me in Captain Marvel because Marvel has created a, a, comedic a franchise-wide tone where you can go <laughs> when a villain dies and star wars is super not that right like that. that's not that. what we've ever okay. done before yeah i see no, that i, I yeah. think i totally but agree i agree every time yeah, it happens like a it rabbit still trail, feels so old. I'm sorry we went no it's good that's no, good no, no. i was just like well well and i think you can sum up 
a lot of solo with, Hey, maybe don't do that again. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe be done. Yeah. Do y'all have super pumps? Did y'all say mine was the, the maelstrom. If I didn't get to that point with the, no, no I, think did, with the I think you did. Star mine was Story. Rio, John Favreau. Oh yeah. That's right. Cool. Did you give yours? Mm-hmm. Anytime they're in space. Yes. Anytime that's they're flying. Right. Yes. Um, when you have to go back over and make sure you, set <laughs> but we well, love you know. this movie so much. More star Wars is always great. Um, I'm down to rate it. I mean, he goes back, he goes back, gives he gets them, the Millennium Falcon. He's like, yeah, you're going to be a hero, which we said like, should not have be the art. Exactly. And he's like, what if, I mean, this would be such a, it would be a much more interesting movie if he decides to not. Yeah. If he's selfish, make him selfish at the end because we know like, well, he's still got some growing to do. Yeah. Right, because that's the thing. Like Han Solo's arc in the original trilogy is selfish, self-centered smuggler yeah. to others-centered general in a liberation movement throughout the galaxy, yeah. right? If it ended him with if it ended with him being selfish. So we have to arc him from somewhere too selfish in this one. Yeah. And we don't do that. I would have been frontline defense if people were mad at that kind of exactly. I'm like, what what did you expect? We don't even see that turn until the movies. What we need is a stronger antagonist. If I was in charge of writing solo, a star Wars story, I would have had it start with him in the Imperial Navy. Yep. He liberates Chewbacca because he sees how the Wookiees are being treated on Kashyyyk. And then the empire has to track down the defector who freed one of their slaves who happened to be a close personal friend of master Yoda, former grandmaster of the Jedi order. Because Chewie knows Yoda, so he should be a target for the Empire. He should be a target. He should be on Palpatine's radar. That's right, dude. Because he knows the former Grandmaster of the Jedi Order. Well, and let's let's let the the structure of the movie wow. play out yeah. more. That he already the way that he gets out of the Imperial Eye is that he already starts working for Jabba. If exactly. we're going to lean into that, let's let him go start because his debt Jabba, to Jabba now. Jabba offers him protection in exchange for his services. Right. Yeah, that's easy. Yep. And Chewie is the MacGuffin in the movie. Oh. That the that the Empire is chasing and Han is trying to protect, and he doesn't know if Jabba's going to sell Chewie off to the Empire. Right. So it's not how does he get Chewie, it's how does he protect Chewie. How does Chewie? he protect Chewie? Because we know he does, so how is the interesting right. part? Yeah, and I now because he's protected good. Chewie and liberated him, Chewie owes him a life debt in a believable way. But they, but we get to watch them actually build a relationship and not just sort of like a weird indentured servitude type of situation. Exactly. I like that. That is much more interesting to me than whatever the heck this is. I think the got. most interesting way to have done this movie is to have not to. Exactly. We don't need this. Like in, if we want to tell that young solo story, that's a comic. Yeah. That's a limited yeah. run comic that Marvel does. I agree with that. Yeah. So let's rate this movie that we love so much. We here at two chunks and a hunk have come up with the perfect way to rate movies. It's the scientific cinema scale. And it is as follows. The best thing we could ever say about a movie is own it. Don't lend it. Buy that poster. After that, it's going to be buy it, followed by rent it, and then stream it. Then it's forget it. And after that, last but certainly least, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. God God hath forsaken us. I don't mind going first. I I feel confident. I'm giving this movie a forget it. Um, I think that there are elements of it that are fun. I think that they are few and far between and do not outweigh the cost of spending two hours and 15 minutes of your life watching this movie. I think you could uh, download a desktop background of the best moments and as still images, they're just as effective. Uh, And I think that star Wars is better off forgetting that this happened. Yeah, I'd agree. I'm gonna forget it as well. Um, It is, it has not forsaken me, um, but it doesn't need to be here. Yeah. So it's, it's totally fine. It does. It does not, move the needle on any other Star Wars movie if this doesn't exist. Fair. I'm going to give this a God hath forsaken us. Ooh, this is so pointless. <laughs> it's, it's, 
not entertaining to me. It was way too long. I am, and, and the thing that pushes it to past to forget it to me is that I am a sucker for complete box sets. I hate Thor The Dark World, but I bought it so that I could say I own all the Marvel movies. Sure. I will never watch this again, and I will never purchase Solo. Yikes. I'm going to regard my Star Wars collection as complete without Solo in it. <laughs> yeah. So it'll be uh, Solo. It'll be the Solo the, the solo one you don't have. So next week, we're going to talk about <laughs> The Rise of Skywalker. Which, have you guys ever seen that before? This will be my first this time watching my first it. Time yeah, watching my very first time. amazing, yeah. Uh, the bar is now, I guess, set pretty low. All it's got to do is just sort of clear solo, and <laughs> yeah. it's fine, it's I guess. Gotta, it's got to make me want to buy it to round out my collection. Well, yeah. There you go. That's just as easy as anything else, I guess. Make sure you tune in. I think it's going to be a pretty good episode. I say that... Uh, with no reason to think that at all, because I think we haven't it's going to be it a yet. pretty good episode. He hoped he hoped loudly and alone, but make sure you check that out. It's going to be great. In case you missed it during shout announcements, we are launching a Patreon in 2020. Yeah. So keep your eyes peeled on our Instagram and Twitter as, as more developments arise of Skywalker. Oh, well done. It's very good to end today's episode. I'm going to have each of us rank on a scale of one to 10. How badly we have to pee right now. I'll go first. For two chunks and a hunk. I'm Jordan Wonders. Ten. I'm Doge, and I'm going to give that a tinkle size ten. Mm-hmm. I'm Carter, and like one. Oh. Okay, so you're good at going to the dentist and good at holding your pee. Yeah. Nice. The two most attractive. What a cool, relatable Stop character. Bragging. Well, I did breathe in really big, and I think it's a two. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.